Let's turn the page. A much more serious note, at least five more shootings in Toronto over the weekend. The man taken to a uh, trauma center after shots were fired uh, around uh, 2 in the afternoon. This happened in the area of Young and Florence. Investigators still searching for suspects. The teenager was also taken to hospital after an unrelated shooting near the uh, Danforth uh, early Sunday morning. Police say that happened in a school parking lot. And another shooting was reported in the city yesterday, but no victims or suspects were uh, located. Let's uh, welcome in our uh, crime expert uh, for more on this uh, as uh, we'll uh, discuss this uh, with uh, our our good friend uh, Dave Perry, 640 Toronto crime expert and the CEO of Investigative Solutions Network. He's on the line and joins us now here on Global News Radio. Dave, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Nice to have you on, uh, as always. And uh, I want to get you on because, again, we know of at least five more shootings here in Toronto over the weekend. Uh, often we hear from uh, police and from the police chief and from the mayor from time to time that these are targeted shootings, Dave, that these are gang-related shootings. And, you know, hearing this once again, I, I thought to myself, like, is this something that is supposed to calm us, do you think? Yeah, I suppose in in some ways it's supposed to calm us and make us feel a little bit safer. But uh, the reality we all know is that these shootings are happening in places where they never happened before. They were typically in gang neighborhoods, which we're not allowed to say anymore, but there are neighborhoods that are plagued by gangs. And, and uh, the shootings used to take place mostly in those areas, but the gangs are all over the place now and traveling and they will, uh, as we saw, you know, during the, the Raptors celebration, the parade, they'll just shoot when they come across rival members. They don't care where they are and who's who's in the way. Yeah, there's so, no so-called honor among thieves anymore. No, <clears throat> definitely not. Not anymore, excuse me. But um, more likely we're going to see more of this. Uh, you know, the gang problem does get worse every year. And it's not just Toronto. It's, uh, it's right across Canada. And, um, you know, some some of the problems is that, of course, the – the hot weather brings them out, and it's it's uh, it's certainly the the highlight of the season during the warm summer months. We've seen this year after year. Last year was a huge spike during the summer. We're now experiencing exactly the same thing here in late July and August. And uh, until we get a hold of this thing and do something really significant, it's going to continue to get worse. All right, a shooting. I've seen several people tweet about this. A shooting in broad daylight on a Young Street uh, is that that a new low, a, a new uh, cause for concern. Well, we could go back historically and talk about all the new lows that we've seen, but it's been for more than a decade. Uh, we've seen shootings happen in places where we just wouldn't expect as, as the public that we'd be at risk. But, you know, they've happened in the Toronto Eaton Centre and the Entertainment District in high-established restaurants and everywhere else you can possibly imagine. So, you know, in my view, um, I, I don't necessarily share the opinion that Toronto's a safe city. Um, as long as there's this amount of gang activity going on, all of us are at risk because, you know, we, we could be driving by, we could be walking by with our families and uh, gang members decide to start exchanging gunfire and who knows going to get get caught in the middle of that and it puts all of us at risk. So it's a serious problem and I think it's the reason that the chief made the statements he made recently about, you know, perhaps the, the court should be tightening down on, on bail for for people that are arrested and charged for for gun offenses. Okay, let me stop you there for a quick second because yes, the chief and the mayor both are pointing at the what they consider to be too lenient bail system for people accused of gun-related offenses as one of the main causes for shootings uh, in the city. Uh, here is a uh, Michael Lacey. He's the head of the Criminal Lawyers Association. Here's what he had to say about that. Let's have a listen. Frankly, it's irresponsible of the chief 
to be making claims like this. There's no question that gun violence in the city is a problem. There's no question that guns on the street being used by, by criminals is insidious. And we have to work together as a community, obviously, to protect uh, the, the other members of the community. But to claim, as the chief did, that somehow judges are just releasing people who are arrested on serious gun-related offenses without regard to the community, without regard to the relevant factors that, that guide bail, is completely irresponsible of him. All right, strong words there from Michael Lacey, again, the head of the Criminal Lawyers Association. Uh, Dave, uh, what do you make of uh, the police chief uh, and the mayor uh, pointing the finger at this uh, bail system? Well, you know, we come from uh, opposite poles, being the lawyer who we just all listened to, and and anybody who's involved in law enforcement, he has a duty as a lawyer to, you know, to try and get bail for his clients, and they completely understand that. But the police, on the other hand, have a responsibility to protect the community. A lot of people that I've talked to about the chief's comments are sort of going to the whole statistical matter, and sometimes the lack of statistics on you know, how many people are getting out after being arrested on a gun charge and then committing yet another gun offense. And I'm just going to say, quite frankly, who really cares about that? If you're, if the show cause, and that's the document that goes with a prisoner when they've been arrested and charged to court, indicates that they're involved in gang activity, so the sale of drugs, guns, all of these things, and they're caught in possession of gun. I mean, common sense, we all know that that's a very violent crime that people aren't carrying these guns to show them to people. They're carrying them because they're willing to shoot and kill people. And maybe we should just take a harsher stance at, uh, at people that are being brought in for the, the thing that is plaguing our city the most in all of our cities, which is gang violence. So I think we got to get down to some common sense application of the law. And if you know, guns and gangs are the number one issue, and I believe they are, that they're challenging our city today in terms of law enforcement, then why don't we just crack down on this? And if you get arrested and brought in for you know, a gun, a possession of a firearm illegally, and you're associated with a gang, to me that's a strong enough indication that the judge needs to take a harsher look at whether or not that person's going to get bail. Yeah, Dave, give me your take as a former Toronto police officer and what we're hearing from uh, the chief, because uh, is some of it frustration, the so-called catch and release? I mean, how many times can you arrest somebody? And, you know, the old story is they're back out on the street uh, before the the police are, the, before they're done their uh, paperwork. Is there a frustration there amongst uh, Toronto police uh, when it comes to catching criminals and seeing them back on the street? Yes, there is, and that's historical. And I've arrested people for every offense up to including first-degree murder, and you see them get a, get bail, and you scratch your head and you wonder how and why. You know, they, they're they supposed to be deemed not to be a threat to the public if they're being released or a threat for all kinds of other things, including absconding uh, from the court process. And I can't think of a worse candidate for release than a gang member. They A lot of them don't have a fixed address. They don't have a job. They don't have any real solid roots in the community, so they're a flight risk, and uh, they're at high risk of leaving the courtroom and going right back into their gang and being handed yet another firearm and not even taking a breath and continue on with what it is they do every day, which is to sell drugs and and to shoot up with rival gang members. So to me, it's a very serious problem and something has to be looked at. Um, there's multiple levels to this, though. It's It's not just what the chief said about this. I mean, we've all heard about how many things have to be done to correct this problem and the, the whole social piece that's very important, getting to at-risk youth, which is very important. But I'm an advocate for saying in the meantime, until we get all of those ducks in a row, we need to take a very harsh look at 
the enforcement strategies that we use to control and to manage the gang problem in Toronto. And that's where we're lacking. And it, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but I go back to knee-jerk decisions that were made to stop the street investigations and the carding process without, you want to talk about not having proper statistics and a proper examination. The, those decisions were made, and all of us from law enforcement said out loud at the same time, this is not just me, it's everybody that's in law enforcement say, well, you reap what you sow, you take those powers away from the police, and the results will be that we lose control of the streets in terms of the gang violence, and we've seen that happen since those decisions were made. Here on the phone with Dave Perry, 640 Toronto crime expert, CEO of Investigative Solutions Network, Incorporated. Uh, Dave, well, we have you here this afternoon. We also wanted to ask you uh, about the story that's uh, come out, uh, Montreal Police. Uh, they have issued, how about this, 42 times more tickets to cyclists than Toronto cops in a one-year period. Now, Montreal Police hit cyclists with just over 12,000 tickets, compared to Toronto's only 292 in uh, 2018. I mean, the disparity is uh, really uh, eye-opening here. Is it just because uh, we're not making uh, offenses by a cyclist a, a priority? I was shocked when I read that. Uh, it's, quite a, it's quite a gap and in similar-sized cities. I, I just wondered out loud whether or not there's an awful lot more cyclists in Montreal than Toronto. I've been to Montreal recently. I never noticed any difference. It, it seemed the same as Toronto. But uh, maybe it's just an enforcement strategy that's quite different where, you know, we see every day there are people unfortunately being killed in accidents and bicycles and vehicles involved. And, you know, maybe in in Montreal they're trying to save lives and enforce, you know, on both sides of of the street. But I do see, and I'm frustrated like probably a lot of people, Jeff, with the sort of lack of care by a lot of cyclists uh, downtown Toronto. Uh, It's the thing when I have people that are, traveling to the city and they're not familiar with it. it's one of the warnings i give to everybody you have to be on high alert for cyclists because if you uh make one one wrong move you're you're going to be involved in an accident and generally speaking the way the laws are written if you uh, come into uh, contact with a cyclist it's usually the driver of the vehicle that's charged mm-hmm. well listen we uh, talk uh, on this show and of course uh, other shows on the station and it seems like uh, it's ad nauseum it's uh, endless about uh, pedestrian uh, safety and making the streets uh, safe for all is this one area you would suggest where toronto police need to shore up a little more i mean if we're only giving out 300 tickets to the uh, 12,200 uh, tickets that Montreal police uh, gave out. I mean, should there not be a crackdown uh, enforcement, uh, not only for drivers, but uh, for everyone that uses the road? Yeah, I think it's, you know, probably it's a resource issue. The resources of the Toronto police services are, are maxed out in my opinion. And uh, <clears throat> it's not, it, there's just not an awful lot of time when they're going to 911 call to the next 911 call to do the enforcement that we used to do when we had the resources. So, it may be as, compli- as complicated as that. That there's a there's a lack of resources. There's a, you know a lack of uh, strategic focus for cyclists and enforcement on cyclists and pedestrians because they just can't do it at the time. I mean, it's such a big city and so many challenges and so few resources. But uh, for me personally, <clears throat> every time I drive downtown Toronto, which is a fairly regular basis, there's always somebody on a bicycle doing something that is so foolish, and you, and you think, you know, is it really worth your life to to uh, you know, proclaim your your entitlement that you had the right of way when you put yourself in harm's way, and you see, we all see it every day. Correct. All right, Dave, we're gonna have to leave it there. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate the time this afternoon. Always a pleasure.